0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Um, tonight we're going we're gonna to talk about a, a totally different subject. Uh, of course, it, everything has to do with what's going on because it's a time for introspection. It's a time to um, you have a lot of time to yourselves. And uh, to use that time to find out who you are, what you are, um, what you're doing right for Hashem, and nothing wrong with looking at what you're doing wrong because if you don't know what you're doing wrong, you can't fix it. So it's not, its not you know, some therapists feel it's very bad to sit down and look at the stuff that uh, you're not doing right. But it's not true because if you, you fall into a hole, so that hurts. But the good part about it is you're not going to fall, if you're normal, um, you're not going to fall into that hole again. So it's sort of like the antibodies that are, you know, right now, you, I, I just tested for Last week, you take a test to see if you had the coronavirus, and you take a test to see if you built up antibodies. Um, and if you had the virus, so that's bad. And I hope you didn't have it bad. But the good part of having the virus is now you have antibodies. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. They're not sure yet, but you shouldn't be getting it again. Um, so in the fall, in the in the virus, there's something good. You build antibodies. So when a person looks into themselves and sees the things they're doing wrong they can fix it. So it becomes a positive thing. So, um, you know, and they say if you do tshuva up," the Ivera becomes a mitzvah. becomes a huge antibody. So, tonight I want to talk about jealousy. Um, the basis of pretty much all the avayahs made al If you're not jealous of someone, you're not going to talk bad about them. Um, you're not going to be mighty shemra. You're not going to say rechilus. You're um, to So, so we're, it's it's really the the first avera, the first bad Mida ever in the world um, is based on jealousy. Before I get to that whole situation that happened in the beginning of the world based on jealousy, um, I'd like to learn a mishnah. Actually, two missions: one from last week's Parrot, and one from this week's parakimolos. So it says the following: Rabbi Akiva, if you want to look it up, parakimol Adam Shinivre Betel. A human being is very special and very loved by God. Why? because he created us in his image. Now, it doesn't mean, girls, that he loves us because we're created in his image. He loves us. How do we know he loves us? That we're just human beings. We're made out of flesh and blood, and he created us in a godly image. That's not why he, he doesn't love us because we're a telemoto king. He loves us because we see that he didn't create me like a worm or a, or a fish or a bird. He created me as a human being. And a human being is created in the image of God. How is a human being, girls, created in the image of God? A tselem, the root, the shayresh of the word tselem is sail. Tzele is a shadow.
1: So if you have a a ball,
0: a basketball, and there's a shadow of the basketball, it's impossible for the shadow to be anything but round. You can't have a square shadow from a round basketball. a bigger shadow, smaller shadow, I'm sure sometimes when you were a kid or even now, you walk past a lamppost and you see your shadow and sometimes it's like this teeny little boy hands and feet, teeny little one, and then you walk and it gets longer and longer and longer. And your your shadow's a lot bigger than you are. But you're never gonna have wings in that shadow. Because a shadow can only shadow what it's shadowing. So you can have hands and you can have feet, it can be bigger feet, smaller feet, bigger head, smaller head, but you're not gonna have wings. So and, and you're not gonna have the shadow of a car when you're walking. You're not, you're not going to have the shadow of a car. You're going to have the shadow of a human being because a sail is a shadow. So the question is, girls, all of you that are
1: listening tonight, do you look like God?
0: Like, if the shadow has to take the shape or some type of value of the thing it's shadowing, then what does the mission say? What does Rabbi Akiva saying that Shanibrab Salem Ali came? How do how do I shadow God? And the mission continues.
1: Khaviva It's
0: showing even greater love. That Hashem tells us that we are created in his image. Shanamah. It says in the passage that in the image of God the human being was created. So it's very nice to do something good for someone. But we learn from here, and I talk a lot in mitzvah when you get older and you get married. I talk a lot, of, and you have children and a husband. Talk a lot about um, you don't need a psychologist to tell you this. The mission says, "What is chibiyaserah?" When you love someone, what's the extra love that you tell them you love them? And I have many parents, I'm like, do you ever tell your daughter you love her? Of course she knows I love her. We think. Do you ever tell your mother you love her? I don't have to tell my mother I love her. She knows I love her. No, says the Mishnah. Kiva the extra love, not Daslo, is that you tell the person. So a husband should tell his wife, and a wife should tell her husband. And it's not psychology, and it's not Goyesh, it's a Mishnah, I Okay? So if I give a poor man... He's very poor. He has no money. And I go to the bank and I put a million dollars in his account. So now he's not a poor man anymore. He's a millionaire. But I don't tell him. So he's walking around in rags, sleeping on the floor, sleeping in the subway, eating scraps of food. Because even though I gave him a million dollars, I never told him I gave him the million dollars. So you got to tell the person you're pretty, you're smart, you're a tamachacham. You're amazing. What a great husband you are. What a great wife you are. What a great kid you are. I love that you're an artist. You're a musician. I love the way you learn Torah. I love the way you sing. I love the way you say Tehillim. I love the way you're watching you diving. As a parent, talking to a child. As a teacher, talking to a student. The chiba you say should I I'll tell you, just on this subject, I'm getting a little bit off the subject, but that's what Rabbi Wolsky does. Um, so, a girl told me that she was um, she was in class in high school, and she asked Rashi's que- they were learning, and she asked a question, and the teacher said, "Yeah, that's Rashi's question. Rashi, will you we'll, we'll learn the Rashi? That's that's Rashi's question. I'm sure many of you have heard that before. Rajbam Whatever you're learning, depending on what you're learning. So the girl felt like she, she just made away with my question, but you know, we're going to learn it in the Rashi. Instead of saying, "Hold it, you just
1: had Moa Kodesh like Rashi. You have a brain that could ask a Rashi question. I have a Rashi in my class. Miriam's a Rashi promise you
0: she'll ask another 40 Rashi's questions. Should I die well? You just asked a question that Rashi asked, which means that you're thinking the same way Rashi was thinking, or gave an answer like Rashi. So in life, in relationships, everyone takes for granted, oh, he knows, she knows, like, you know, my, wife, my wife's an amazing chef. Did you tell your wife she's an amazing mm-hmm. chef? She knows. I mean, all her friends call her for, 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 for recipes. Did you tell her? Should I chef? No. Should I So not only did Hashem create us, but tell him, Eliezer.
1: What well, did later Frank have
0: in common with Hashem? with Or Dina Katz. What does Dina Katz have in common with Hashem? Or Mary LeVette? What does she have in common? All of you have the same thing in common. Well, one of the girls that I think to herself, I knew I was God. I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew I was like God. Probably most of us don't think that we have anything. So I'm just going to use Leah Frank's name for a moment, if you don't mind, Leah. I'm only picking on you because you're on my screen. So Shema Yisrael,
1: Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Shema Yisrael!
0: Layer Frank, there's only one layer Frank. There will never be another layer Frank, and there never was a layer Frank. Because even if you're a Gilgal, you're not the same person coming back. People think it's the same person. You have DNA, spiritual DNA, from the person. But Moshe Rabbeinu was a Gilgal of Noah, but he wasn't Noah. Noach was a person, Moshe was a person, Moshe Moshe Rabbeinu was a person. Moshe Rabbeinu was also a guild of Havel, but he wasn't Havel. He had certain attributes of Havel. So Leia Frank is never coming back after she should see Mashiach, but there's not going to be another Leia Frank, and there never was a Leia Frank, which which puts a very big responsibility on Leia's shoulders because she doesn't get another chance. I won't won't do that, but the next Leia Frank will do it. No such thing. There's never going to be another Rabbi Wallerstein, and there never was a a Rabbi Wallerstein. And my mother says she's very happy there won't be another Rabbi Wallerstein. But on a serious note, that is
1: called individuality. And the difference between a human being and a fish, there's schools of
0: fish, and herds of animals, and a tree, is... There's not just one apple tree. And there's not just one
1: salmon. And there's not just one deer. There are many. But human beings each have a different fingerprint.
0: No two human beings have the same fingerprint. You think the reason is because in Shemayim they have nothing to do and They're just like, okay, put your fingers up. Malachi, let's do swirls. Let's do millions of swirls. Why does Hashem give us all different fingerprints? Even twins, I don't know if there's any twins watching, but even twins have different fingerprints. Human beings have different fingerprints. Human beings, you ready for this? This is something that we didn't know until 20, 30 years ago, that human beings all have different DNA, not just fingerprints no one's blood is the same. in other words, there's a crime, there's a crime, and they find a hair follicle at the crime scene, they can trace that hair to the person who had that hair, which means that there's no one else, if there would be one other person that could have the same DNA in their hair, then he's not guilty. The reason he's guilty, is because no one else has the DNA that he has in his hair. So we always knew about fingerprints. But we didn't know about DNA. So people are so different than each other, they're all individual. That is godly. There's one God, there's one Zisi Selnik, and one Leah Frank, and one Leah of, one Zachary Walsh, one Donny Katz, and that's it. And that
1: makes you special.
0: It's also a big responsibility you don't get another chance. Even if you come back in a gilgle, it's not you. It's a different mixture. And that's what Rabbi Akiva was saying. The only shadow,
1: image, mirror of godliness that we have is individuality. And that's why it's such a big avera to want to be like someone else
0: because God is giving you something godly and you're saying to him I don't want it I don't want individuality I don't want to be one I want to be like her she's prettier she's richer she's married already and Hashem's like
1: I don't deal with duplicates I don't make duplicates I make originals. Tell you a story. This must be, wow, probably about eight to 10 years ago. So I'm invited to speak at a school.
0: I'm not going to say which school, but it wasn't a Pacific. And they call me up the day before I'm supposed to speak. And they say, we made a mistake with our scheduling. But tomorrow, when you were supposed to speak, we're going to the MoMA, to the Museum of Art, which I'm very against because it's very Naziistic. Not that I ever went. I'm not going. But there's a lot of paintings of people that are not dressed and sculptures of people that are not dressed. And the goyem and the Etzahara said it's culture. It's art. The human body is art. So you can go. And from people go, I don't You would never have any of those paintings or pictures in your house. But to go to such a, so I was very turned off by this school going altogether to that, to that, I was like shocked that a from Jewish girls' school would go to the MoMA. But I'm, I'm, I'm just a speaker and I wasn't going to judge them, whatever it is. So they said, could you come the following day? I said, okay, no problem. So I come the following day, and I'm talking
1: to the 12th grade, And I'm like,
0: so how was it yesterday? Oh, Reverend Wallerstein, you have to go to the MoMA. No, 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 don't go to the MoMA. Don't go to the MoMA. It's (sniffs) like, what what do you mean? What's going on? No, no, you can't go. You can't go. I'm like, and you could? You can't go. I don't want to say the word for it. There's people that are not dressed. And they have these sculptures. Oh, disgusting! I said, "But so I can't go, but you could go. Like you're from girls, but whatever." So there's one girl. You know, they have these artsy girls. You know, culture art. Like Rabbi Wallsey doesn't understand. Like you know, you're prehistoric. You come from a cave in Muncie somewhere. Like you know, you don't understand art. She says, "Rabbi, there's a painting at that point. I don't know if it's still there. There's a painting in the MoMA of a." sunset over a barn, a farm, and a lake. And the
1: the image of the
0: sky and the sun setting is reflected in the lake. So it's got this whole painting and the lake. And, it's, and, and, and she said, Rabbi, it was amazing. Amazing. I wish you could see it, but you can't go. You can't, you can't go. Okay, I didn't intend I'm not going, I don't intend to go. I said so it blew you away, didn't you? And I, like a lot of girls like they're very cultured. Like, yeah, wow, this uh, you know, no Picasso there, but whatever, I'll tell you a cute story about a Picasso but whatever. Anyway, so I said, blew you away.
1: Blew me away, blew them away. Can I ask you a question? Did you did you ever walk outside your house? and look at a sunset and it blew you away. Did you ever, did you ever, like, the original
0: painting is a copy. Some human being copied what Hashem did. Sunset, there's a lake, reflection. The original painter, creator, who's God, That don't blow you away. When some guy copying, I said, you know, I have some paintings in my house. They're very expensive paintings. They sell copies of these Judaica paintings. The copy's like $50. The painting is thousands and thousands. You don't pay for copy. You don't get blown away by copies. Everybody who collects paintings wants an original. Anyone who collects autographs wants an original. you don't pay for a copy of an autograph. You don't. So, so, so it was like, why are you so blown away by the painting and you're not actually blown away by a lake? And the, the ability of water to reflect. And the sunset and, and the, the bar and the ability to build a building and everything that Hashem does. How come all you girls are so excited? How come your teacher your school they didn't take you to Central Park and show you the trees and the birds and say, wow. This is the artist. Instead, they took me to some building in Manhattan with some human beings, painting some stuff. So this cultured girl who had it for me, because I'm like anti-technology. I'm like, you know, some bear that came out of the cave in the, in the caveman world. Like, you know, you don't get it, you know. You're like some guy from Brooklyn, you're not from Manhattan. Like, what do you know from this stuff? So she had it, she had me nailed. She was after me. So she goes, Rabbi, the godless, the godless, the greatness that a human being could paint such a thing. That's what I'm in awe of. I'm not in awe of the sunset and the lake. I'm in awe that you can take paint colors and copy it. The brilliance of the human being what did she said to me, she said, what well, you're saying, it didn't blow me away the lake, but that a guy could sit here and, put, and copy it on a canvas, that's godless. I said, really? And who gave that human being the eyes to see what he was copying? And who gave the human being the hands for the strokes of the painting? And who created paint? And who created blue, red, orange, yellow, violet, all the different colors?
1: The human being can't do anything without all the materials to do
0: it. And Hashem created all the materials, and he gave him the brain, the left side of the brain, he's an artist, whatever, gave him the brain and the hands and the ability and the eyes to be a painter. So that was the end of that, girl discussion with me. She still probably doesn't like me till today, but the class was like, whoa, he got her. I wasn't after getting her. So,
1: when a person is jealous and wants to be like someone
0: else, what you're saying is, I don't want to be an original. I want to be a duplicate. I want to wear her clothing. I want to. She's married. I want to be married because she's married. So I want to be a duplicate. But Hashem doesn't make duplicates because the whole
1: sale, Sel- selling a the whole shadow
0: is that you're an original. Now this week through the Mishnah, it says exactly what I'm saying. No, I'm saying what the Mishnah's saying. The Mishnah's not saying what I'm saying. And the Mishnah says the following. You can look it up. It always bothered me. I, I'd like to thank you that um, I was asked to prepare the share on this because Hashem always sends you new stuff. And I always had a, kash, a question on this Mishnah. And when I was preparing this Mishnah, you'll hear that it exactly says what, what the other Mishnah says. It's, in, it's at the end of this parrot, parrot hey, Mishnah Chaf ches. Rabbi El Oza hakapa omer, Rabbi Loza hakapa says, hakina. Jealousy. Taiva. Lust. Kavai. Honor. Motin. Esha'adam. Minailam. Remove a person from the world.
1: What, what does that mean? I never understood. Remove
0: a person. Kills a person. Okay. Removes you from the world. Like if you ever had someone... Got removed from the world. This guy got shot. You know what happened? What happened? He got removed from the world. Don't <laughs> talk like that. Right? This man was very sick. So what happened to him? He was removed from the world. You know how many people were removed from the world because of this virus? That would, be, that would be very strange if I got up and spoke like that. My great-grandfather just got
1: removed from the world. What's with you? So what's this mission of saying? Removed from the world. And the answer is that if you're not an original you're a duplicate then you're removed from the world because the world is not made for duplicates. The world is made for originals. So the minute you become
0: jealous, kind kaiva, of lust, which means you want something very badly that you're not supposed to have. Do so you lost your individuality. Or kabo, you want people to honor you. So it's about everyone else. It's not about you. It's not about your individuality. It's about how they treat Many You don't belong in this world because everyone in this world, every girl that's listening, every one of you, I want to tell you something.
1: You woke up this morning. When you woke up this morning, Hashem gave you a little kiss on your head and said, I want you to know that I
0: cannot have my world today without you. Because otherwise you would not have woken up this morning. The very great Tzavik who celebrated, uh, Lubavitch and Breslov celebrate birthdays. A lot of people don't celebrate birthdays. They're very into birthdays. And the, they asked uh, Rav Nachman, what, what's, the, what's the deal with birthdays? Why you celebrate the birthdays? he said that when a person is born is the day that Hashem says that my world can't exist without you. Wow. Huge. Huge. So every day you wake up, Hashem is saying, my world, you're an original. And I have to have this amount of originals in my world. My world cannot go on today without you. And then you go ahead and you're like, no, I don't want to be like me. I want to be like her. I I, I don't want it. Hashem's like, kina. It's the 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 root of all evil. Because here I am. I give you a present that you are like me in a certain aspect, and you throw it back in my face. saying, I don't want to be like you, Hashem. I don't want to be an original. I want to be a duplicate. I want to be like her. I want to be like her. Why can't I be like her? Why can't? Hashem, what do you mean, why can't You be like her? You're not supposed to be like her. If you're like her, I don't need you. I have her. So we see in the other manor. That that you die. It's much different. He takes you out of the world because you're
1: not needed anymore. Let me tell you something about art. I haven't said this story probably, wow, probably in ten years. So,
0: in the in um, where is it in France? There's a museum of art called the Louvre. The Louvre. The Louvre. And uh, when you go to France, to Paris, so one of the first things they do as a as a tourist is they take you to this museum because two of the most important paintings in the world, the Mona Lisa and uh, the Flowers by Monet, which are two of the most expensive, crazy, crazy paintings, are in the Louvre. And if you have any appreciation of art, that's where you want to go. So there's these two old jewish ladies who knew nothing about art
1: and they were part of the tour
0: so the french are very you know french Mm -hmm. and they take 20 people at a time into these different rooms that have that have these paintings and these two ladies But they were on the tour, so they, you know, you go to the Eiffel Tower, you go there. So they come into the first room, and I don't know if any of you have seen the Mona Lisa, very famous painting, but the Mona Lisa is very small. It's like a little teeny painting, very, very small. And it's got all kinds of gadgets protecting the lights and everything. And the, the French guy comes in, and
1: he says, this is the Mona Lisa. One of the most beautiful paintings ever painted. And all the tourists, like, wow, Mona Lisa, wow.
0: And the Jewish ladies are looking at this little painting. And one of them says to the other,
1: Malki! Why would someone paint such an ugly lady? Even I'm prettier! This guy, this French
0: guy who takes them on the tour,
1: he's dying! Dying! Somebody's talking about the Mona Lisa that way! And he he says in French, <gasps> like, Shocked. Okay. They're Americans. They don't like us anyway. They come to the next room. Come to the next room. And he's watching these two Jewish ladies and say, and this is a Monet flower. Look at the beautiful flower that Monet painted. Baby! So Those are flowers?
0: My niece for the sukkah painted much nicer flowers. This man doesn't know how to paint flowers. Now this guy is done. He is done. You made fun of Mona Lisa and you made fun of Monet. Done. Security, call security. Get, Get the f- two
1: ladies out from the museum. And they throw them out. What happened here? They don't belong in a museum of art.
0: They don't understand. The beauty of those two paintings, do I understand? I don't. I'm not an artist. But there must be, the people who study art, there must be something very special about those two paintings. I don't know what it is. But people who understand it do know what it is. So, the security guard says, I'm really sorry, ladies, but you don't understand art, and this is a museum of art, and therefore, you just don't belong here. Motien is the Manhattan Museum.
1: Out! Probably never, probably took pictures of him. never let him back in. This world is a museum. And the job of a person is to see the hand of the artist, the creator, spiritually, physically,
0: and emotionally, because Hashem's fingerprint is in the spiritual world, of course, in the emotional world, and in the physical world, and that's why in the Chodesh of Nissan we made a bracha, a special bracha, on the flowers that we're growing on fruit trees. And that's why we make a bracha on all the food and physical things that Hashem created. We show Hashem, baruch to Hashem. I understand the artist.
1: Hashem, you're blessed. I understand what you're doing. But, if a person has kinah, is jealous, means she's not interested in the original she just wants to be a duplicate.
0: Then you don't understand the art of God. And you don't understand what it means to be selling all And therefore, we'll to and what she is the other man oil.
1: That's where jealousy is based from. A very deep flaw in a person. We don't have time tonight
0: to speak about this, but really, it comes from low self-esteem. It comes from not understanding what Rabbi Akiva is saying, that you are a Tzalem you should be dancing. That Hashem didn't create me a rock, a worm, a fish, a bird. I am created in God's image. I am an individual. There's something about me that no one else, because we know, and I spoke many times in my share that the physical and spiritual world, they mirror each other. So just like there's physical DNA, and a physical fingerprint, there's a spiritual fingerprint. And Isaiah talks a lot about the spiritual fingerprint of a person, versus person's midos, and there's, a, there's, a, there's definitely a, a spiritual DNA in a person. It's all, it all mirrors each other. And jealousy means you don't believe in any of that. No, no I'm not. She has it, I want it. Now, and these are missionaries. I'm quoting your missionaries, and it's interesting that it comes from Rabbi Akiva Rabbi Akiva came from, you know, he didn't start learning until he was 40 years old. And, 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 and his wife was the one that saw his individuality and his, his fingerprint. And, and he became Rabbi Akiva. And he had 24,000 times And he lost them. And he was so strong. Imagine how to yeshiva, 24,000 students. You were about shubba, about shubba. till 40, you never learned a the word. Then you went to learn. Then you learned for 26 years in a row. Then you come back, you open the biggest yeshiva in the world, even Miri yeshiva only had like five, 6,000. He had 24,000 students. Hashem wipes them all out. And then, instead of saying, that's what you do? I'm closed. was closed. I'm going to work. Have a good day. <laughs> I had 24,000 meeting, You kill them all. He opens up another yeshiva, and the, his hamidim become the leaders of Christ. So he's writing this. I mean, Kiva's writing this mission. And then he goes on. It's not our subject tonight. And he goes on, and... Not only are you in the image of God, because every human being, Jew or not Jew, is in the image of God, you should know that you're his children. Not only are we God's child, but God is telling us that. You know, it's one thing if you have a child, you never tell him he's yours. So what do you do for him? But Hashem saying, no, you are my children. So not only are you in my image, Not only you are one, but not only you are one, but you are my child. So you're the child of God. You're one of a kind. What are you jealous of? You're just not focused on who you are, what you are. And then the mission says, not only you're my child. Okay, so you could say, I'm your child, Hashem, but you don't like me. So I don't want to be, you know, so it's great to be your child, but if you beat me up, I'm not happy about that. yeah, Kiva. No, not only are we his child, but because Boshu gave us his greatest present, which means that he loves us more than anyone else. And what? And 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 Klichemda He didn't only just give us the present, then lock it in the garage and not tell us, or put it in the closet and not tell us. But he told us, I, I, "You are you are individual. You are my children, and I gave you the biggest treasure I have." And you're walking around saying, "I want to be like her because she has a nice dress, and her parents are richer. She's prettier." You're ridiculous. You're, if you're whatever you have or whatever you are is what makes you an original, and he has a plan for you, and you need all those parts of your life, whatever you went through, to make you who you are. Definitely make you who you are. What you go through in life are the ingredients in the cake. You can't have a chocolate cake, a chocolate chip cake with no chocolate chips. So whatever you're supposed to do in life, Rabbi Wallstein would not be giving this shit tonight. You wouldn't know my name. I would not be a teacher. I would not have Ornava. I would not have two seminaries. I would not have a high school. I would not have a rehab. I would not have a family. I would have nothing. If I didn't go through, and it's not tonight's share, but didn't go through in third grade when I went through and then again in 10th grade, because I went through all those different things, it made me into a person who was very sensitive to children being hurt. And therefore, for the rest of my life, I decided I'm going to make sure that other children don't go through what I went through. So those were my choker chips. And that made, it, that made me who I am today. And had I not gone through the abuse third grade as a nine-year-old little boy, then I definitely would not be here today talking to you. And I'd probably be with my friends in Orlando, Florida right now. And I uh, have nothing to do with chinnaf whatsoever. I don't even know if I'd be religious. I don't know exactly where I would be. But because I went through that, I became sensitive to that. I made up my mind that I will do whatever I can to help Hashem's children and to protect them. Because I went through what I went through. If Hashem came to me today and said, I'll give you back your life and third and tenth grade won't happen, I would say, nothing doing. I, 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 I would never speak to the girls in Pisaic. I would never be able to give chizik. I would never have more nava. And I don't want to give that up. So, I had to go through what I had to go through. And everything that we go through in life, most of the bad stuff is not our choice. Most of the good stuff is not our choice. So, we really don't have Bechira. You don't have Bechira that you're a girl. You don't have Bechira that you're a Jew. You don't have Bechira who your parents are. You don't have choice who your siblings are. You don't have choice where you live until you get older. You don't have choice what school you went to. You don't have choice pretty much your height and a lot of other things in your life. Um, you don't have a choice who you're going to marry 40 days before you come to the world and in Nats and in believe it or not. The if they could just get a little like, hear it, they would be able to make a lot more sh- but it's said it's in the other world. So, so Rabbi Shibshim Pinker said, so what's your choice? Vanilla or chocolate when you order ice cream, extra cheese on the pizza or regular? What's your choice in life? Diet Coke or regular Coke? Well, girls don't drink regular Coke. Diet Coke or Coke Zero. What's your choice? What are you doing here? Might as well be an apple tree. So he said, Shimshin said, the only choice a person has in life is what do you do with the things that you have no choice? That those are your parents, that you are a girl, that you were born a Jew, that you live in Passaic, that you're in that school, that you marry this guy. The only choice you have is what do you do with the things you have no choice? Step in, step up, or step out? Like, I'm not happy I'm a girl, so i us say I'm going to be depressed and anxious. I'm not happy that I have dysfunctional parents. So that's it. I'm done. I'm not happy that I, of course, no one's happy if they have dysfunctional parents or they were abused or anything else, but it wasn't your choice. So now the question is so what are you going to do with that? You're going to be angry and Hashem, be depressed, stop eating. That's it. Step out of Yishkei, go on the streets, do a Vegas. Your choice. Or now I know what it feels like. I have parents that are dysfunctional and abusive, I'm gonna make sure that when I get married, I'm gonna be the best mother, maybe I'm I'm gonna become a therapist, I'll understand kids, we'll do a support group for kids who have abusive parents, or went through all this and that, and I have to tell you something, I have to tell you something. A year and a half ago, a group of girls called me, there were 20 girls, and they had heard a speech that I'd given many years before like this, And they said that they have a support group for girls who went through abuse. Now girls don't talk to each other about this, but they did. And they wanted me to to be the opening speaker. It's about a year and a half now. Every single week, Charlie, all of us, every single week there's another speaker at their group. So these girls took their pain and made something positive out of it. The Holocaust was not a choice. Six million Jews dying, was not a choice. So what was their choice? That when they came out of the Holocaust, to step up and step in and be my grandfather and all of your great-grandfathers and grandfathers and bring Yiddish guy to America? Or step out and marry Goyim and give up and be angry at God and become an atheist, which I don't think Hashem will judge anyone who went through the Holocaust. I'm not judging them. Believe me, I'm not judging them. Believe me, I don't think I would have... I think I would have been an A. I don't know what I would have done. I, the pain. People are going crazy now. People are dying in hospitals. You are going crazy. How can I ship? Six million Jews! No one sat shiva. Nobody was with them. No one knows where their graves are.
1: And these people left. And they didn't become victims. They became survivors. They, they The whole Yiddish guy, the whole world, came from the
0: Holocaust. All the learning, all the time, all the Shabbos, Shabbos. This, say it, it, everything, all that we are, they're all Holocaust survivors. So did they have a choice to go to Auschwitz? No. Did they have a choice to watch their whole families get wiped out? No. So what was their choice? What am I going to do with this? Pain. So my grandfather came out of the Holocaust and said, I, I don't know if there's any Jews left, so I'm going to make sure that for me, He's going to be Shema Shabbos because I don't know if there's anyone, anybody left in the world. So he stepped on.
1: He stepped in. And that's our job. Most
0: of the stuff that happens to a person was not your choice. Question is, what are you doing with it? Kid is learning disabled. He's born learning disabled. Not his choice. He'll do the best that he can, but he'll be the best tutor, the best Teacher, you know, the best teachers are the kids who, who are terrible students. You should know that I, I spend a lot of time in re, drug rehabs. 95% of drug counselors were drug addicts. I know a superstar doctor in cancer research, and the reason she's in cancer research is because her mother died from cancer. So instead of getting angry at a Shen, you took my mother when I was eight years old. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to find the cure to cancer that, you, that, that other people don't leave eight-year-old you sign this. She did something about it. I know a girl with lupus, terrible disease. She became one of the number one doctors in Baltimore, in the Mayo Clinic, in, in, in the research of lupus. Because you didn't walk around and say, you gave me this sickness, Hashem, and like, I'm really angry at you. Why did you give that to me, not to someone else? She said, you know what? You gave me this sickness. I know what it feels like. I know what the pain feels like. I'm going to try to create something that no one else is going to have. That's what we're supposed to do. That's our individuality. I'm not supposed to have what you have. I'm not supposed to have what you have. I don't want what you have. I want to be the of Elokim. I want to be an individual. I don't want what you want. I don't even want it. Just the opposite. Hashem doesn't want me to be Moshe Rabbeinu. He had a Moshe Rabbeinu. He doesn't want any of you watching to be a Sarai Emeinu. He had a Sarai Imenu. You would be a duplicate if you were sorry, Imenu. He wants you to learn from her. Doesn't
1: want you to be sorry, Imenu. He's not going to ask you after 120 years how come you weren't like He Imenu. He's
0: going to ask you how come you weren't like, who, who, what your name is, Miriam Schwartzberg. How come you weren't Miriam Schwartzberg? So individuality is the opposite of jealousy. That's why jealousy, kinah, we see it as the Adman Olam, it is such a terrible midah. And the sata knows that if he could trip you up with that midah of kina, it's going to take you into the worst stuff. Why does someone steal?
1: Why, why, why is
0: it because I feel that you should not have that money. I want that money. Also comes from Kina. Adultery. The three, the three cardinal vices. Adultery is, I want this guy's wife. But, but you, what do you mean you want this guy's wife? It's not your wife. Why would you want somebody else's wife? It comes from Kina. The worst Averis come from Kina. I want to end. We don't have that much time. Oh, five minutes. Okay. The First Avaris, he knew that. And it, it doesn't go away in the Torah, this Ha'ver. The snake was the wisest, shrewdest of any animal. So the Torah doesn't tell us he was bad, the biggest Russia. Torah tells us that the Nachash was very smart. And he comes to Chavah, and he talks to her, it's a separate, separate thing, you shouldn't be talking to snakes or whatever. And when he asked her questions, she should have sent them to her husband, but that's not tonight's And
1: she already had, had seen the tree, she wasn't interested. And this is what he
0: says And If you touch it, you won't die. Because Hashem knows. That the day you eat from this tree, the your eyes will open. Here it is. And Hashem doesn't want you to be like him, because the day you eat from the tree, you're
1: gonna know good and bad just like him. And all of
0: this story, she had seen the tree a whole day, Friday, whole afternoon. And the woman saw that the fruit was good to eat.
1: Girls, you can't see that food, fruit is good to eat. You can taste that fruit is good to eat. What do you mean? she saw the fruit was good
0: to eat? She never tasted it. Maybe it's going to taste like rotten eggs. And the answer is, when you're jealous of something, all of a sudden, even if you can't taste it, all of a sudden, it has to be good because she has it. Listen to what happened to her. ate from and she didn't even know what it tasted like, it became lustful to her eyes. It's just a fruit. ate,
1: and
0: it became good. and she ate from the tree and she gave it to her husband. the most famous the most famous. girls and women don't walk very often Rashi asked the question so you see what happened to her she saw this tree Hashem has something you get a car I must drive I know but um, I gotta have the car then maybe I'll drive and then the next one it's like, good, it becomes, you make excuses and the other person's stuff that you take is good. So here, ask Rashi. Rashi doesn't understand. She just became godly. We're going to end with this. She just became like Hashem. She knows good and bad. Until then, they only knew good. Why would she give from this fruit to Adam to eat?
1: He's the perfect husband. He only knows good. You burn the toast?
0: Oh, delicious, burned toast. You didn't clean the room? Oh, the room looks great. This is the perfect thing. you know good and bad. You're like God. And your husband thinks everything's good. Why would you give him to eat from the tree?
1: You're way above him. And it bothers Rashi. So Rashi asks, Why would you give to him to eat from the tree? Says Rashi, I read it to you from inside. Passing
0: Let's see. Why? he Even though this would be the perfect husband, she was jealous because when she ate from the tree, she knew she would die. So she said, I should die and he should live. I'm taking him with me. So she gave him to eat from the tree. Well, you know that? She killed him. But Rashi says, why would she care if he lives and she dies? Okay, I'll miss you. But why would I kill you? Says Rashi, and women don't like this. Two words. V'yista She said, if I die and he lives, he's going to marry someone else. No way. I die, he dies. He's not going to marry someone else. You hear how jealous she became? The Aveira, the root of the Aveira, eating from the tree. She was jealous of Hashem. When she did the Aveira, the root of the first sin, she was so jealous of her husband that he's going to marry someone else that she killed him.
1: Ask Chazal. what was she jealous of? She was the only woman in the world. He had no one else to marry. What are you jealous
0: of? You're going to die? He's going to be alone? And then he's going to die. What do you mean? There's no one else to marry. And Hazel answers, when you're jealous, you don't make his wife. You start thinking crazy. So she's like, even though there's no other lady, he's going to die because I'm going to die. Because maybe he'll marry someone else. Maybe Hashem will made out. I don't know. No way is he getting married to someone else. Crazy rash. What a message. And then what happens, girls? In the spiritual DNA, since Chava had jealousy, she had a child. Listen carefully. Listen, everyone, we're ending with this. This is in a book that I hope to write. It's called Spiritual DNA, which is very important, the way you behave, the way your children are going to behave. So what happened? She had so much jealousy of of Adam in her that she killed him. She gave, him from the, she gave him to eat from the tree. And, right, and in the Mafosha let's say she gave him wine. He didn't even know it was from the tree. The tree was grapes. And he didn't even know because she served him wine. And she killed him. So the spiritual DNA in the next generation was Cain and Hevel. So why did Cain kill Hevel? Because he was jealous that Hevel's carbon was accepted and his wasn't. And Mamish went from her DNA of killing her husband because of jealousy into their children, one killing the other because of jealousy. That's the power of
1: kinah.
0: So my message to everyone watching is to be very proud that you're at Selenolikim. Be very proud that you're different. I wish I would have known this as a kid, cause there were teachers because I was very ADA, and I dreamt lot. and had a crazy imagination and used to tell crazy stories. That's why I knew I was a storyteller. And my teacher would say, Wallerstein, you're very different. What I should have said is, yes, tell so only Kim. I'm very different. But uh, no, I didn't realize that it was a compliment, because they didn't mean it as a compliment. But yeah, you, you, when I finish this shit, you can look in the mirror and say, yeah, I am different. Different makes me special because I am Salam Alekin, And I'm also the child of Hashem. And He also gave me Torah and Mitzvah. So, every day when you wake up, it's a birthday. Every day you wake up, it's a new day, a new day that your Shama comes back and you're born. So what the Rebbe said of Nachmin about a birthday is for every single one of us, every single day that we wake up, that... Hashem has made a statement by, by giving me my life back that without me, the world could not continue. You should all be Zoycha for 120 years of birthdays. Ritz Hashem. And it's already 1032. But if anyone has any questions, I will give you 15 minutes. The next 15 minutes is with the on. If anyone has any questions. Wow. Anyone has Any yeah, questions. Okay. You, Thank
2: you so much. Thank you so much, for this No, I mute everyone. No one can unmute themselves. But I'm going to, I'm going to, you could raise your blue hand and I'll, like, on the screen, I'll Thank unmute you. you. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they have the option to raise their hand and then I could unmute them. We could do one at a time. The blue hand with the fingerprint, you know, the unique fingerprints. If anyone wants to raise their hand, I could unmute them then. Or if they wanna, oh here, okay, guys, make the questions real. I'd like real, to give
0: please. a special shout out, Zizi, I'd like to give a special shout out to a very special superstar girl um, who's on. She lives in Lakewood, not, give it in, away. Uh, not a Pisaeic, and uh, we'll just call her Cruz. But Cruz is Cruz uh, is a tamida of mine. And uh, I just want to say publicly proves that I am extremely proud of who you are. Okay. okay. Anyway,
2: now um you, someone to if someone me. doesn't wanna someone doesn't wanna ask um a question like talking they could send it to the chat to me and then I'll ask.
0: They don't have to show their picture. They could just ask. Yeah. No,
2: okay, she's unmuted. Etty,
1: go ahead. Um, how can we feel? like um like especially with these times in corona and quarantine that we're waking up for a purpose, like an actual purpose, when we can't really do that much
0: right now, but 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 hashem's keeping you alive, you brought Hashem waking up there are people a lot of people that didn't wake up, a lot of people that died um that's hashem needs him in the other world, doesn't need him here for whatever reason, but he has a hashman but but this will be over, and there are lessons to be learned. Um I, I, I said last night on my share I was speaking last night actually in England yesterday yesterday afternoon and um so so I'm home. I'm also home. I'm, uh, I'm in that age group that has to be very careful. I don't have antibodies, so um, I'm really not going out much. And in the beginning when this whole thing started, people were going crazy and very broken that their family was in the hospital and they wouldn't let the family in and they had no idea what was going on with their parents, brothers, or whoever was there. And, and if you could get like a nurse, I have, a, I have a, a niece that's in the hospital and she would sneak into a room and I like, take it and, and like put the person on for a minute. It was like, it was like, it was just amazing. It was like unbelievable. And i real, I, I never was into Bicker Cholim. It's just that you know, I'm very busy with what I do. I don't go to hospitals to visit kids or people. I'm not like a Bikr Cholim guy. And I realized how big to the patients and the family of the patients it is to walk in and give a give a danish, say hello, make a connection, tell a story. So, so I have time to be home and to look at myself, spending a lot of time with myself. And I'm growing. I'm and I said, like, after this whole thing is over, I intend one night a week to dedicate, to go with my wife, to do a bigger home. And I never, never realized I was missing that. So so yeah, you you woke up in the morning and you need to grow that day. And and the night when you go to sleep that night, what did I learn today? What did I learn about myself today? What did I what did I learn in a book today? What did what, what was my growth? Was I nicer to my parents? Um, do I realize you know who my parents are? Do I realize who I am? It's it's a lot of, you have a lot of time to you know once you the world is back to you in your school and you're on your phone, whatever you're busy with. You're busy, but you're not busy with yourself. It says, it says, You should love your friend like yourself. What happens if you hate yourself? So, the mitzvah of the Torah, you should hate your friend. If I love my friend as I love myself and I don't like myself, then the Torah says, I should love you the way I love myself. So, <laughs> too. so, so, so that, whole, that whole mitzvah starts with. Because if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, you're not going to have a good relationship with your friend. The the the, the 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 bad things you see in other people are really the bad things you see in yourself. So you got to fix that. Yeah, it don't mean to become a big shot. You're not a big shot because because you're always in comparison to Hashem. Hashem, you're a bug. You're not even a bug. You're a speck. You're nothing. You're nothing. Like like people ask me, you know, like you're, you're at a wedding. And they call you up, let's say, a girl that you were involved with. And, they, you know, it sounds funny. The Rosh Hashiva of Ornava. Or Rosh Hashiva of Oronava. It's a girl's school. But, but the head of Ornava and then, and then the women, silly women, when I walk to get to the bracha, they stand up like you're a big rabbi. Now, my friend said to me, Zach, you don't realize the whole place just stood up for you? Like, that doesn't go to your head. You know, if you give a share. And, and there's my last night, last week, Wednesday night, I think there were 4,600 people on live. That doesn't go to your head that there are 4,000 people listening to you like how do you not get a swelled head And you telling me that when they call up a godot when a girl walks into a room and a 1,000 people get up they don't realize a 1,000 people get up when they come to the to the wedding and everyone gets up by the chuppah when they hold the door open the rabbi doesn't know so like so like how could Moshe Rabbeinu have been the biggest un-of ever he had a light coming out of his face you have to wear a mask because he was so lit up. Like, he didn't know that? And it says in the Bible, there will never be a bigger, modest, un of the than Moshe Meder, which is very unfair. I want to be a bigger un-of-the-Moshe I can't. How can the Torah make a statement? There will never be a bigger un And the answer is that the further you're away from, if you go outside tomorrow and you take your hand, you can cover the sun with your hand. Right? The sun's in your eye. You're, you're, you're on the beach. You're at the pool. And the sun's in your eye. You wanna look at your phone? So you you put your hand, you cover the sun. Now, the sun is like 92 million miles in diameter, and your hand's about eight inches. How's that possible? Kids always, I freak out kids. I'm like, wow, your hands are so big. They're like, no, they're not. I'm like, look, you can cover the sun. and They can't figure out like, oh, how do I do that? Because the further you are away from an object, the smaller the object becomes. So Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the closest to God, the closer you get to the object, the smaller you become. So Moshe Rabbeinu was the closest to Hashem than any person. So he was a speck. He was nobody. So the 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 the. the so when I walk into a room where the people listen to my shiurim, I'm like, I'm. They're not listening to me. They're listening to the Torah that I'm talking. The Torah that I'm talking is not mine. It's Hashem's. So I'm just repeating what the King said. So it's not an honor to me. It's an honor to the king. When someone walks in to make an announcement to the king and everybody stands up, it's not for the schlepper. It's for the king. So, for instance, I don't know if you watched um, when President Trump gave his, um, whatever it's called, to the Congress and the Senate, the State of the Union address. So when he gave the State of the Union address, the door's open in Congress, and then a guy walks in and he announces, the president... And everybody stands up. They didn't stand up for the Garibaldi announcement. Then the president walks in. So all the covet and everything that a, that a person has that represents a Kudosh Baruch Hu is not him. It's a Kudosh Baruch Hu. You have to realize that. And, and you have to think about yourself and your time. And, and that's what you're supposed to do. So, so yes, if you woke up in the morning, means that you're still here. It means Hashem wants you to prepare and to learn things from this time so when the time goes away again, Same thing I said in the beginning of this year. What's going on in the virus is not our choice. Not our choice. What we do with it is our choice. Are you watching movies all day? Is that what you're doing? Are you on WhatsApp all day? And Facebook and all the other things? That's your choice. Or are you watching Shuren helping your mother, helping your sisters with their home, with their work? on? Is that what you're doing? Are you writing a diary? Are you writing about the things you feel? Are you saying to heal them for people who are sick? So what is happening out there? It's definitely not our choice. What you do with it, step in or step out, get depressed or anxious, that's our choice. I'm not depressed or anxious about this. I have never had so much time to learn in my life. I'm Never. Sit out on my porch, it's amazing. Give a zoom share. I don't even have to stand up. I don't have to drive to I can Sit in my kitchen. I can hang up now. I can have supper. I can have a nice cold drink. It's amazing. So yeah, other people are going, if I have to be here another day, I'm going to jump out of my window. I cannot take this anymore. So you, you, you have that choice. What you're gonna do at your time. It's a it's a weird thing. They uh it just shows you living in America. So the only things that are open are things of necessity, right? It has to be necessity. Libraries closed, not a necessity. Post office open. Food stores are open. Shoe stores closed. They're trying to open nail salons for women because if women are tiny. It's a necessity. I'm going crazy. My, my nail cracked. My, my polish is off. Um, I have five daughters. I know what's going on. You know what's considered... A necessity in America that's opened the whole time since day one liquor stores. Liquor stores are a necessity, and they dropped the age from 21 to 16. Why? Because listen, they have people have to deal with it. So how they get how how are they dealing with it? They opened up all the liquor stores. All liquor stores are open. You want to go to the library and read a book? Close. You want to get shoes? Clothes. Want to go to the doctor? Most of them? clothes. Want to get glasses? Clothes. Liquor is a necessity. So what are they doing with the thing they have no choice that they have to be home? They become drunks and addicts. So, yes, you got up this morning. You're supposed to grow. This will be over. And you're supposed to use this situation I would mention we use this situation to be more sensitive to visiting the sick and old age homes. Wow, those people are like in prison, I never knew that. All these people that are in the old age homes, a lot of them died, lonely, not taken care of, nobody visits them. Wow, we can do such crazy mitzvahs. So our sensitivity should have grown in this, uh, during this virus.
2: Perfect. Thank you so much. Do you have time for one or two more quick ones? Or okay, we'll do we'll do two more. I'm just gonna go in order. I see a lot of hands. Let's go Dina in order. Cat. Dina
0: huh? cats. Dina cats. Uh, Dina cats. Are you a buskayan? You are <laughs> fantastic. Can I hear? Hey, has to be very very special. The big responsibility. Okay. I watch Hashem have five of them. Oh, yeah. so
2: we shout out. Okay, so we're gonna I'm gonna unmute two more people.
0: Lay, Lay-, Lay-, Frank, Lay- Frank got a Frank out of Hundred chat out.
2: At this point you can go through the list. Okay. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna unmute we'll do Blimi and Miriam quickly because they raise their hands first and then
1: we'll
2: Okay. Let you sure. go. Okay, are you're unmuted.
1: Hi guys, I'm Blimi. Um I have a question. So you said before about the spiritual DNA. Um like let's say I have a certain struggle with something and I work really hard and get through that struggle. Will my kids have a DNA of that struggle or will they have the DNA of someone who got through the struggle?
0: They will have the DNA of someone who got through the struggle and they will have the antibodies. Um,
1: like they'll start out stronger in that area. I,
0: I haven't I haven't I've spoken about this many years ago because I started writing this book and um, and um, a girl told me that you're so right. I'm like, how do you know I'm so right? She says I, I don't struggle with sneers. You know, a lot, one of the biggest struggles of a woman is sneers and the, the skirt and all that other stuff. She goes, and, 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 you know, a lot of my friends are struggling. She's in a, a little bit of a modern school, whatever. A lot of my friends are struggling with sneers. And, you know, I, don't, I don't even want to wear a short skirt. She said, and, you know, I, I was talking to my, my mother, asked me, like, 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 you know, when we go shopping, like, you don't even, like, everything is very long. And, 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 and is that a teacher? Did you read something? And she said, no, man, I, I'm going to get to her for it. And the mother said, that, you know, that's so interesting. My biggest struggle as a teenager was this. And I and I fought it all the time. And I really, really worked on myself. And I really beat it. And you know what? I think I don't have that struggle because my mother had it already. I was like, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. We see it a lot. The Torah, we know that we have we are Bali Chassadin and Balei it It's because Avraham was. I didn't no, Avinu. I never met a Avinu, but it's in a Jew's DNA that, that um, he's a rachamim. And the reason we're not allowed to marry Moab is Hashem said, not allowed to marry Moab because when we asked them for food, they said no. And Hashem said, lo Hashem, because Hashem said, I don't want, it's refurbished, I don't want in the DNA of the Jews that it should be in their DNA that they don't have Rachmaros on people who need food. So, did we know Moab? I don't know Moab. Why would it be in my DNA? Moab was 4,000 years ago. Some tribe out there. Who knows what? No. Their DNA, if we allow them to marry into the Jewish life, we'd have their DNA in in us. So, yes, you're 100% right. If you overcome it, you break it. Absolutely.
1: Thank you.
2: Okay, Okay, now, Maria, I'm going to unmute you. You should be unmuted.
1: Hi. Hello? Yep. Yeah, hi,
2: hi, we're here. Hi. Um, nope. So my
1: question was that you mentioned um, how that you are the person, you are the person that you are today because of the past that you went through, and you could have been um, gone a completely different path. What made the difference between just those two different paths? What's
0: your question? I understand your question.
1: Like, what what made you go from one way to that oh, to so the other? When
0: I was twenty years old um I I can't say exactly the day or whatever um I was I was a drummer um I was a hockey player I wasn't learning my whole life I wasn't learning at all I was I was learning disabled I had ADHD not HD but I had ADD and you know all day long I was just playing around my desk and whatever I wasn't and I was really an athlete I was busy in sports my head was in sports I was in sports I wasn't learning I wasn't really doing much and um what, I was in 12th grade and I told my friends who also weren't doing much. Um, I thought about it and I want to become a Rebbe. They thought I, Cusher had something wrong in my brain. Um, they thought it was very funny. They were like, how could you be a Rebbe? First of all, you couldn't teach anything. You don't even know the alphabet. And second of all, you're not a Rebbe. You're a rock and roll drummer. Like, get it out of your head. And they didn't want me to be a Rebbe anyway because they wanted me to be one of them. And I said, you know why I want to be a Rebbe? They said, no, why do you want to be a Rebbe? Like, you know, what happened to me in third grade and, again, in tenth grade, I'm like, I want to make sure it doesn't happen to any other guys. And I can't change the world. But if I become a ready, the 25 guys in my class, I can protect. That's what I want to do. And I taught 30 years in a row, eighth grade boys in, in, in CHY, was CHY. 30 years, I had an average of 25 kids in my class, 750 guys, and nobody ever touched them and nobody ever embarrassed them, and I was assistant principal about five or 10 years into school already, and any teacher that would embarrass or abuse a child in any which way, um, I fired in a second, and I'm, to this day, extremely sensitive to kids and their their feelings and... I made that decision to step in, and because I knew what it felt like, and I couldn't, I couldn't change the world, but I knew I could protect the kids that were in my class. So I used that pain for my gain, and that's why Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't talk, and he stuttered and he lisped, and he became Moshe Rabbeinu because Hashem didn't want Taro to say that you didn't, God, you didn't take the, you didn't take the Jews out but you had this guy who could talk like Charlie Harari, you know, and he could talk us out of anything. So I should have said, no, you're going to stutter and you're going to lisp, and you're not going to be a good speaker at all so that they know it's my miracle. And that, that dysfunction that he had gave him the ability of saving clients. And, and I, I talked to my teachers all the time about, it, especially with learning disabled kids, that the only mouth that God ever spoke to pe. Not overall, not Yitzchak, not Yaakov. The only mouth he ever spoke to, was a mouth that had a disability, that had stuttering and a lisp and burnt lips and a burnt tongue. Um, Hashem said, "That's the mouth I want to talk to, mouth to mouth. Not the perfect kid with the perfect IQ. I want to talk to the kid with disability." So, it it's, it was a decision I made, and I'm so glad I made that decision because, um, and and, and I, I met with a bunch of therapists, and I said that that you could heal from your, your, your abuse. You could heal from your trauma. And they said, you can't. You could, you could go to psychology and take medicine and you could get coping skills, but you can't heal. It's like a scar. Abuse is like a scar. And it's just there. You healed, but there's a sign that you healed. You had, a, you had an open heart. You have a, a line. You healed, but you're perfect, but you have a scar. So they, there's always scarring from trauma, especially abuse. And I said, I don't agree they said you're not a therapist I said I know but I'm post trauma so they said are you healed without a scar and I said I'll prove to you that I am I said if God would come to me tonight and tell me third grade will skip tenth grade will skip we're going to give you the perfect childhood smart no ADD no one calling you a, a, a sewer rat not going through anything. You're going to have like the perfect childhood. You want to live again? Should I give you back your life again? You want to come back like that? I would say, nope. If I come back, abuse me in third grade again. What? I'm like, because now I know why I went through it. And I'm not willing to give up Ornava, a terrace, Nava, Spina, but the Chaya, the Ranch of Bethel my wife and my kids and everything else I've done in my life and if I didn't go through that abuse you wouldn't even know who I am I wouldn't be interested I'd probably still be drumming maybe playing hockey so when you're willing to go through it again that means it's not trauma anymore it means but because you realize what you became from it, it's not a, it's, a, it's a crazy thing what I'm about to tell you. But I didn't choose the abuse. When I look back at it, to me, the guy, the rabbi, he'll, he'll deal with God in the next world. But as far as I'm concerned, it was a good thing that happened to me. changed my life. And when it becomes a good thing, the trauma and the bad stuff becomes a good thing there's no scar so I could talk to kids all day long about abuse and they're like you don't get triggered you don't get triggered it doesn't bring back memories I'm like there's no trigger it's over it made me who I am it's like a sculpture the pieces that you cut off from the sculpture is not they're not a loss it's not like oh my god you lost so much of the rock, the original rock. You, you didn't lose the original rock, you made a sculpture, and without losing that rock, you wouldn't have a sculpture. So I said, I can tell you, you can heal, but the only way you can heal, not through medicine, heal in a way that there's no scars, not through medicine, not through anything. The only way is by using the stuff you went through to help others. I saved a girl in Lakewood. Life. I don't talk about this a lot. This is going back a long time ago. And... I met her. I never met such a depressed woman. She committed suicide. She tried to hurt herself. She was cutting. She had eating disorders. She was really messed up. And I met her. And she went through some abuse. I said, I'm going to tell you I want you to do something. And she was young, so I couldn't tell her to go become a therapist or help another girl. She was young. She was probably 14. So she couldn't become a therapist. And, and, and I didn't think she'd make it six years until she could help others. I said, it's going to sound ridiculous. It was very from family. It's going to sound ridiculous. But I'm begging you to, to listen to me and give it a try. So okay. I said, I want you to buy her a rabbit. What? A rabbit. One rabbit. And I want it to be her pet. And I want, it, I want a baby rabbit. I don't want a big rabbit. I want a little teeny white <laughs> rabbit. Teeny little white rabbit. And I want it to be her pet. And I want her to take care of it. And she said, my parents are never let, You know, they're anti-animals in the house. I'm like, it's better than jumping off a roof. It's cheaper than therapists. I'm telling you, trust me. Buy her a rabbit, and then listen. This is a true story. I don't think I ever said this story, and it's it's in the honor of Zizi that I'm telling new stories
1: tonight.
0: Zizi, mm. you. you didn't hear this <laughs> because she got, she knows all my stories, so I got to come up with something new. Did you know the I story with the museum, the Louvre?
2: I did. Yeah.
0: Ah, okay, but anyway, this one you definitely. But, my
2: bad. My bad. <laughs>
0: okay, it's fine. So so. This I never said. This is a true story. Anyway, girls saved her life. She had that rabbit till she was about 16. She was no longer doing all those behaviors. She became the rabbit's mother. She fed it. She took care of it. And the parents, after a year, called me and said, I don't understand. Like, why doesn't everybody get a rabbit? I'm like, it doesn't work for everyone. It doesn't work for everyone. She needed to heal. And to heal, she needed to give. Because giving to someone or something else is the greatest healer that there is. There's nothing greater. Trust me, I'm talking I'm to you from experience. The healthiest thing for me is to give a share. The healthiest thing for me is to help somebody. And I tell I don't know how many girls that are listening know me and they don't believe me, and I'm like, you think I'm doing you a favor by helping you. You're my therapist. No favor. my medicine. By helping you, I'm helping me. And it's true. You're you're healing me. Now it's worth it that I went through what I went through because I can help you. So who's helping who? You're helping me a lot more than I'm helping you. I'm talking AMS. So when a person... Go through stuff. The best thing you can do, don't waste it on a rabbit. She was 14, so I couldn't, I couldn't have her be, you know, teach a kid or take a kid out to lunch or, or work with an autistic kid or a down syndrome kid or a nursing home. So I couldn't, I couldn't have her give love and take care of something. She was too young. So I had to get a rabbit. Today, she's a normal, regular kid. Not a kid anymore. She's an adult. Now, I'm not telling you that's the answer for everyone, but at that age and in that situation, To give is to get. You should all be matzliach. And women, girls, are born with the DNA of being maternal. Maternal means to give. They're physically able to nurse. They're physically able to give. They're physically able to protect and to carry a child. They're very physically, emotionally different and a man, they are givers. They're not takers, they're givers. Women are givers. That's why they can multitask, because if you if you can multitask, then you can give three things at one time. Trust me, what's going on right now with women, they're, they're, they're doing school with the kid on Zoom, they're cooking for their husband, the baby's crying upstairs, and she's like, she gives her husband one job, and he can't handle it. And she's like, tossing five different things and making shots. Women are maternal, they're givers. So the greatest healing for a girl is to be a giver. And if Hashem gave you the ability to wake up this morning, then you're a giver. You would be here. everyone. Thank you for listening, and have a good night. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by
1: TorahAnytime.com.